church. We're here at Digging Deeper, and I'm in charge today. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm what here. What a great introduction. Yes. Right. Um, I'm here with Pete, Brandon, Robert, and uh, we know today was, or yesterday was a big day. It was a big day. Robert saved a bunch of money on his car insurance. Oh. <laughs> Did he 15% or more? 15% <laughs> or more. Excellent. Um, no, you guys know that we had a big announcement yesterday. Um, it was it was a big day for all of us, and today we want to kind of just sit here and debrief it with you guys, talk about our transition plan coming up, and then I've gathered a bunch of the most frequently asked questions from yesterday that I'm just going to pepper you guys with and see how it goes. Cool. Sound like fun? Yeah. Blast. So the blast. <laughs> um, how, how are we all doing? I mean, What I'm, happened yesterday? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, let's, let's I would like to keep this. Here. I want to keep the suspense going until okay, the 30 minute right. mark. Sure. Uh, well, you guys um, have heard that Brandon and Jamie have decided to move back to Illinois, um, where they'll be taking the role as lead pastor at Eastview Christian Church, which was one of the sending churches that helped to find or found Rise. So big news for everyone. So many mixed emotions. Um, it just seems so clear that this is what God's calling your family to. And, um, at the same time, it was hard to hear yeah. like in the room, there was a collective gasp and lots of tears, uh, tears from you too. So how, do how are you feeling? <laughs> do um, I mean, I mean, it was, it was, a. it's one of those days you really don't ever envision. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're just like, it was, it was really hard. I think that we were, I, I shared some people and Jamie like outside of the week that my dad died this was this was the hardest week of my life and I think it's just because of how much we love people how much we love his church and also the in the same way that I remember when my dad passed away grief would hit in different moments that you weren't expecting yeah. and sometimes moments you were expecting like I found myself at my dad's funeral crying less but then there was conversations out at you know in, in the at the reception or something like that and I was like just weeping and I felt like that yesterday I was just I didn't know and throughout this week I didn't, I didn't know when I was going to just be like a puddle you yeah. know and so um so yeah it was it was super hard and but it was also like you know you know I most people I had a couple people like express uh frustration like why why are you doing this <laughs> but for the most part people are I, I was proud I guess people were very yeah. kind and I, I feel like they received at least when jamie and i tried to walk through what happened and how we feel like god spoke to us in this that that it seemed like there was like a palpable resilience and optimism even in their sadness and i feel like that's probably where we're at like we, we do believe that god's doing a great work and can continue great work in this church and we're actually sad not to be part of that yeah i mean that's that's the truth um but i think that there's also optimism of what that means to arise and then what we feel like we're called to do now going back to Illinois and Eastview. So uh, it just felt really weird more than anything because I I just had this like tension that I literally I could picture myself like standing in Colorado and my right arm getting ripped to California and my left arm getting ripped to yeah. Illinois because mm. there was announcement back in the Midwest the same way of like, yep. hey, we after 10 months, we found our new lead pastor. And it was like, yay. So I'm getting a text like, awesome. And then I'm also, and I'm leaving. I'm getting text like, oh I'm my devastated. gosh. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh. This is why you just put your phone away. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you feel yeah. like you want to take a three-day nap? Um, 
I more than a nap. I just, I just <laughs> let him go somewhere else. <laughs> like those like sensory, so yeah, yeah, like just, deprivation yeah. chambers. Yeah, but overall, it was it was a it was a hard day, but it was a meaningful day. It was a special day. Yeah, and I'm trusting that today we're gonna look back at and say, man, look what God had in store this whole time and how He worked through this. And so, amen. That's what we're hopeful for and believing. Yep. Yeah. And for a little um, back context, the staff was told the Monday before. So today is one week that the staff is known. So going into Sunday, you would have all that transition with our staff and your kids and your family. We were meeting with people. and Sunday was just like the last and biggest. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a catch-all, you know, from all the people we tried to also connect with. But, I know. Um, it was so hard. But it was... Yeah. I know you would have sat down with every single church member if you could have done that. Yeah. I really would have tried to. We really would have. So yeah, I, start, I started just out cranking out voice memos on <laughs> Saturday night. Like, you need, you, you need to hear this tonight. You yeah, know? And, tried to. And it was, it was, but yeah. It was, so. Yeah. What about you guys? Me too. You know, I, I've realized that I've gone through all the emotions Ugh. and still feel them all. So I'm mourning because um, Brandon is my pastor and he's one of my best friends. And so there's that element of personal loss and feeling that but there's also great excitement for you and for Jamie and for your family and I know that God has custom made you and has um, equipped you to really make a huge difference at Eastview and so I'm proud of you in that way and I've communicated that to you as well yeah. um, I'm also very proud of our church yeah. and and just to see I love that palpable resiliency but just a sense of faith and hope yeah really honestly not just being receivers of hope, but also now being holders of hope, mm-hmm. you know? And so I've been really proud of our church in that. Um, I believe that God knew what was going to happen before it did. I know that he, this is a day that the Lord has made. And so he had it in mind and he has a plan that's going to be for our joy in the end. And yeah. so I'm excited about what's next, but it's a weird expression and emotion to feel both mourning and joy expectation and and anxiety like all those different things all all at once and so there's there's a a bunch of different emotions but at the same time i i'm feeling proud of our church of my pastor and you know and i'm excited to be on whatever ride god takes us on so cool yeah yeah how are you pete pete Okay. Okay. <laughs> like I'm just all right. That was deep. And everyone man. predicted that was <laughs> Everyone knew exactly where the response was going to be. Right there. Oh man. Uh, I did find it funny that, and we, like you talk about, you know, God knew this. And, and I joked yesterday of like I feel like Jamie and I were a little bit surprised of how many like we probably labels like kind of yeah supernatural or charismatic types of expressions yes. that God gave to to really confirm this. And then we start having people come up to us afterwards, like, I had a dream this time, and I had a dream this time. I had that like, too. I had a dream cow. three months ago. Yeah. I'm like, yep. I was like, this My is dreams nuts. are just weird. My dreams never, they're just a manifestation of my anxiety. They're never no. prophetic. Well, I'm like, available I, for counseling later on. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, but that's part of why I'm, I mean, I haven't had any dreams. I don't, I don't, I've never, I don't think I've really ever God speak to me through a dream before. Hmm. Um, but uh, this is something. I think there are so many people who came to church yesterday and received information that was difficult for the first time. And as we're recording this, they're less than 24 hours in processing. 
this was something that God started speaking to me about over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, even before stuff at Ethiopia happened, God was speaking about this. And, um, I don't know that I, you know, I, I, it's just, it's a different, I jokingly said, okay, I, we all have our feelings, but, um, I'm re I recognize the difference between uh, someone who is hearing something yesterday versus whatever. And I, I was driving home from church yesterday in my car, and my daughter Carson, um, probably definitely one of the hardest things about this was <laughs> our family night the other night. Oh, it was like two straight hours of kids crying and screaming. Um, but she uh, she said to me, she goes, Dad, and she was, she was, she was being serious. She said, I, how come you didn't cry? Like, you don't seem sad. Um and it gave me an opportunity to, you know, one of the things I said to her was, well, one thing, honey, is we all, every human responds to things differently. Um, I do cry. I do get emotional. Um, but I said, you know, the other thing is like, you just found out and I, I found out, you know, I've been processing this for a year. Um, so you're going through something that I've had a long time to go through. And so I think I wouldn't want people to mistake what might seem like, oh, Pete's fine. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I've been through all the stages of grief over the past eight or nine months, I think, already. So, And the reason um, for that, just for clarity, was I've processed things with Pete right. and sort of yeah. what's happening. It wasn't that this was something going on as far as I was planning to yeah. leave yeah. or take a job nine months ago. Yeah, and I might have misspoken there. Yeah. I wasn't saying that uh, this was between me and God. Um, like, I, I, God spoke to me about some things a long time ago and that let me start preparing my own heart for it. Um, before I think even it really took shape for you. And um, I think he knew I just needed that because uh, uh, it just gave me a long time to <laughs> really settle it in and ruminate on it and mm -hmm. prepare for it. So, because God knows what we need. So, yeah. It's nothing a Diet Coke can't fix, right, Pete? Uh, there are a few things, <laughs> oh, man. very few things in life that it won't. I will say, and through the process, even if there wasn't crying on Sunday, I've seen every single one of us cry through what? this process. Yeah, right. The guys are like, why would you say that on public? I've never cried. Before. How about you, Mariah? How are you feeling? Hey, so um <laughs> hey. I will say I will say this. I've been like pretty chill about the whole thing um until yesterday when the news broke everywhere. And um I was reading all the Eastview comments of everyone being so excited. And that was the first time it felt hard for me to hmm. be like, Gah! like I but just because we're so grieving and they're so happy mm -hmm. and holding those two things simultaneously just kind of hurts, hurts my heart right now. But I said this before, I am so confident that Brandon is the right person for Eastview right now. You know, they had a falling out, um, last year, you know, a lot of hurt at their church and we've watched that unfold and knowing Brandon as well as we do, it's obvious to me that he is the right person for that church. And um, just like the, the hope and the healing and the transparency and the love that you embody, that now is Rice City, now Rice City embodies it um, via osmosis and pastoring. Um, I, I'm confident. So that gives me confidence for the whole process because if I really think that you have a mission there then I'm positive that there's a mission here. And so that Thanks. gives me a lot of peace. Um, so I guess that's where I'm at. Well, and I also know, I appreciate that. And one of the ways I learned that Mariah deals with grief is within like 10 minutes, 
being back here in the office after services, she's like taking jabs at me and, <laughs> yeah. and like being sarcastic. Just a couple jokes here and there. I'm like, dang, all right. Hey! <laughs> yeah, that, that so. All I asked is if he could leave his dog. That's yeah, it. He yeah. said, go wherever you want. Leave Winnie. <laughs> I'm happy to do can that. I, <laughs> can I stay and leave my, leave my dog? Just, what are you trying to do? I don't know. I love that dog. All right. All right let's um, get, let's there, get to the there's yeah, a lot, brass tacks. There's a stuff, lot to talk so. about about just kind of the transition process forward. So much so that um, Pete actually built out a website for us to answer those most frequently asked questions. Thank you, Pete. And for those of you that are like, I'm never reading a single thing, um, we're going to turn it into an audiobook for you right now, but I promise <laughs> we won't read it verbatim. But if you go here, I have it on my phone, ricecitychurch.com slash updates. You guys can see all update. the updates. Oh, update. Not yeah. an S. Yeah. It's only one update, just, people. Yeah. There's yeah. a link on the homepage, though. It's easy to find. Yeah. Um. So... I just want to go over a couple of the things here. So um, one of the, the first one that pops up here is who's responsible for the search and the selection of the lead pastor. Every church has their own bylaws and how things work. Some churches, it's a vote. Some churches, it's selected by a single person. Um, can you just kind of share with us a little bit, Pete? I know you're the, you wrote our bylaws. Um, obviously in collaboration, <laughs> but he types them out. Up Once again, another <laughs> no, <that's>, sound bites <laughs> are dangerous, man. Yeah. I just mean he was the he I was physically the, typed he was them. The typer How about that? Of them. Yeah. <laughs> he was the secretary then. Um, yeah, so this is something we can all kind of chime in on, but um, some of this gets a little bit like legalese, which can be important. So we are uh, an actual uh, official 501c3 corporation. Um, we're nonprofit. And uh, by law, we're required to have a board of directors mm -hmm. who um, assure proper accounting things. And you know, if we're gonna take money and use money, the the state requires certain things. So what we do, which is very common, it's probably the most common thing among churches like us, we create, we meet the state's expectations by creating something that we sort of see in scripture, our own sort of take on it of what we call a board of elders. Um, the word elders comes from the scriptures. Board comes more from the state side. So we kind of put those two together. So they function in two ways. They function from an actual logistical legal standpoint of they are the people who are ultimately holding us accountable and making sure that we're following all the rules that nonprofits are supposed to. Um, but then they also serve in a uh, also kind of a spiritual and accountability from the actual church side of it. They do they both of those roles. Um, the way that we have structured, so the state gives corporations like us, nonprofits, some freedom in how exactly to structure your governance. Um, so we followed a very common model, uh, and that common model is essentially, um, in, in that this can be a little bit, you know, people like kind of raise their eyebrows. In, it's similar, very similar to how normal corporations are structured, whereby a corporation will have a board of directors, but then also have a CEO, and the CEO will essentially run the organization but that person is responsible and accountable to the board of directors. So in that sense, from a business side point, that's basically how we're structured, where our lead pastor functions as a CEO. He is an employee of the church. He doesn't own the church. Um, and even though the board of directors, our board of elders are not employees, their responsibility is to oversee and ultimately hold accountable. So at any business, like if, if you know, when Steve Jobs passed away from Apple, the board of directors of Apple were responsible to appoint a new CEO. Mm -hmm. So we follow that style of governance. Um, and in this case, then it is the, that group of those men, those five men to make the ultimate decision of who will then take Brandon's place. 
Now, in terms of how they're going to do that, I think there's a lot to discuss there. And both these guys can speak into yeah, that more. Yeah, for sure. I think it's really wonderful to know how well the churches run because we do really want to be a generous church. And part of that is having confidence that our generosity is being managed properly. Right. So I think that's a really... One, well, obviously, we're not a business, but I think we should run our finances every bit as good as any business would, so even more so, so we can leverage that for the kingdom impact. Yeah, so yeah. I love hearing that. Um, the next one would be who's responsible for the actual search and selection, um, which in our case we talked about yesterday is the ultimate responsibility of the elder board. Yeah, at the end of the day, the, the elders will have to have a unanimous vote on the person that's mm -hmm. going to be the next lead pastor. But there's a lot of different ways in which we're going to get to that place that helps inform the elders of the person that many people, yeah. uh, if not the majority, believe should be the next lead pastor. Maybe we speak to that. That's and, actually a great segue because our next yeah. question is, <laughs> what is the process for finding a new lead pastor? Yeah. 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 So along with, like I mentioned, again, some of this, when I say like legal, I, I genuinely mean that because for clarity... In these kind of cases, we are a multi-million dollar organization. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to give most of that away, but we're taking it in. Um, so how we spend it, how we take care of it. And because we are an official 501c3, the decisions that we make here are actually decisions that could be potentially challenged in court, right? <laughs> like if we didn't follow some type of, here are our set guidelines and we're following them, someone could say, hey, you did this wrong. And yeah. legal, like, so we have a document uh, it's called a policy governance. So it's a manual a policy of how we govern. Mm -hmm. That's our official, some some people will call it like a bylaws maybe. It's our mm -hmm. bylaws. Mm -hmm. And it it clarifies the rules or procedures that we expect our leadership to always follow. It lists a ton of things that we, our lead pastor can and can't do um, and the way that he interacts with our elder board, what the elder board is expected to do. So generally speaking, that 25-page document are the here's the here's the boundaries we expect everyone to work within. Um, I love twenty five page documents. Like that actually makes me excited. Yeah. I could see other people being like, "Oh my gosh, Robert, how do you feel about that?" Robert, I can't put it down. <laughs> I mean, it's a page turner. Riveting. I, mean, I love that stuff. More Roman numerals. That's how you know are, there's yeah. someone in the church for everything. Yeah. yeah, but there are when it comes to this situation. Um, you know, you jokingly said I wrote it. Really, what I did was I went to some other churches that were well established and use theirs as a basis and then over the course of a year with our elder board tinkered it and eventually came to a point that we all felt good about and voted and approved it and that became our official document um, <laughs> there are three things that it requires the board to do in the case that we have a lead pastor who's no longer serving um, first is they have to see to an interim solution that's literally the language. And I know you're like, what does that mean? Well, it's kind of vague on purpose. They, they can decide, but they have to make sure the church is taken care of yes. in the meantime. Uh, they then have to um, appoint an ad hoc committee, ad hoc meaning for the moment or at one time, like just, just for this committee mm -hmm. to help with the search and to make sure there's other input and things. And then they have to vote unanimously on a candidate. So those three things. And so um, what we've done is we've gotten together and we've created a plan that really looks to address those three things to say, okay, what will be our interim solution? How are we going to search? Who is going to be involved? What does this committee look like? And then how will we get to the place that you guys make a decision? And so those are kind of some of the things that are outlined on the webpage and how we're going to process through that and things. Yeah. So one of the things that we're going to use, you know, the, the elders themselves will have to make the unanimous vote, um, the ad hoc committee to help with the search process we actually are going to be leaning into a Christian ministry organization called Slingshot yep. so that our search for that 
is as wide and true a net as we possibly can be. Instead of, you know, just a couple of us being like, I know a guy. Um, having Dawson a- Pedela. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I like him. Come from behind the camera. That was awesome. He just got excited about that. Um, so tell us a little bit about Slingshot themselves. What do we know about this? How does it work? Actually, Robert's, you've done some work with him too, right? Yeah, I'm sure you know. Yeah, I got hired um, through Slingshot. Um, when I was hired on and had the honor of working at Shadow Mountain and things like that too. So I went through that process. Um, it's awesome in the sense that uh, it's not run by businessmen or just people that are removed from the church. A lot of them are pastors themselves. And so they have a ministry mindset and heart. And so they really try to understand the heartbeat and the culture of the ministry or church that they are looking to staff. And then from there, they kind of help pool together a list of vetted candidates and they do that vetting process um, on behalf of uh, the elder board or whoever else is making those final decisions and they pull together some vetted candidates so then they can recommend them to be interviewed for the final decision and so it's it's kind of helps create an objectivity and a third party that can be neutral and just look at things from the sense of here's a good cultural match and a good visionary match for where you're wanting to go as a ministry in that way as well. And I know, Brandon, you've also had some involvement with Slingshot. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the process. I was on the candidate side. So and, was I. And becoming, yeah, um, the lead pastor of Eastview. And so I ran through all the different layers that they bring, and it does. It, it helps in terms of just the candidates to mm-hmm. not only is Slingshot working with, you know, Rise City to understand who they are, what exactly they're looking for the next lead pastor to try to do the cultural fit like you're mentioning and, mm-hmm. and carry out the responsibilities and roles of the of that position but they're also creating a lot of things on the back end for the candidate to try to work through to understand who they are yes and so there's probably an eight or ten hour um just online assessment and i mean they just want to know everything that you have to kind of fill out yeah and just that little layer is helpful to filter some candidates out because if people aren't even willing to do that then we won't really truly know who they are and then they then do a couple zoom interviews and then eventually like i said like you mentioned they do provide this pool of candidates to Rise City to say, hey, here are the, the people that we think are the best fit. And then we also have the opportunity to include people that we think are internal candidates that we want to be evaluated as well. Um, but it just helps narrow it down and cast that net uh, you know, fairly wide in terms of just making sure that we're, we're seeking who God has for this. Yes. And we do believe that God's going to, to bring about the right person to, to lead yeah. Uh, in this, whether that's someone that already exists here in Rice City or that exists in San Diego or somewhere else. But like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, God has this person um, identified, and we're just working the process to identify him as well. Can you give us some specific examples of the kinds of questions they were actually asking you when they were trying to assess you? Yeah, I oh, mean, they're, the questions favorite range food. from... Huh? Favorite food, favorite color. Yeah, really hard, <laughs> hard fastballs, you know, curveballs. I'm um, actually really curious to know what the questions kind of I know, I... It was a lot. So <laughs> it, it ranged from, um, you know, personal upbringing, understanding family of origin types of things, uh, understanding gift sets, experiences, theological stances and positions, yep. moments of leadership that brought you challenge and grew you in your leadership or caused great frustration to leave that. Um, there's definitely a lot of the, the, the personality types of tests that are involved in it, um, they, they looked at, you know, a psychological evaluation and having to do like some different questions and even therapist based types of um, inventory of who you are, what you've been through. 
um, personal vices and wanting to know that, looking at your your financial habits and what you do in that regard. Um, what your understanding is, your communication of the gospel and the, the role of the church and all these things. So it is robust and broad-based to understand mm-hmm. who the person is in the fullness of who that person is. Um, and then it gives the, like I said, gives the, the people who look at it, when the candidates presented, the, our elders have a really good litmus test of, of this person. So, so for an yeah, example, like we already, I think we all know this, like, Rise City Church, like I had someone ask, hey, you know, we're going to still like be really generous, right? And I was like, that's a value here. Yes. And if, if they get a candidate that says, you know what, I I, uh, I usually give about 5% of my income, people be like, okay, cool. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> that might not work here. I know. And some people be like, wait, what's that? What's as a lead pastor, we, we hold a value that, that the person that's going to be next is, is going to be someone who wants to be generous in every way. And, and, and the for us, like uh, tithing is a baseline. Like that just has just one small layer, um, but it will at least give us an under- understanding if this is a good fit or not. Yeah. So. And I'm on the other side of that. I haven't obviously done what you guys have done, but I am on the side of Slingshot asking us questions, which mm-hmm. makes sense because so they're asking us questions, like let's just use giving like what's your stance on generosity. So yeah. we type in our answer, send it to them. And then they have our answer, and then they have all these potential candidates that they can say, well, actually, these fit and these don't fit. So when they're bringing us people and saying, we think this person's good, it's not just like monster.com, use an AI to find keywords on a resume. He looks great. It's like we have really talked through this. Yeah. We see so much of this person, and knowing how much we know about you as a church, we think you should consider talking to them. I think those are really yeah. key points because a, a big tension going around is that we love Brandon so much and we're, we're sad to have him move, but we don't want to lose Rice City right. as yeah. who she is. Is the culture going to change? The yeah. culture and the things that make us who we are. And I think that's the gift of Slingshot is that <coughs> they've done this hundreds of well, thousands Sling, of And times. Slingshot, last Wednesday, I did an hour and a half interview with them as the lead pastor. And they said in, in situations when the lead pastor is leaving and it's, it's a healthy transition, um, it's the opportunity that they get to talk to the lead pastors or the founding pastor in my case about, about the church. And, and so I was able to spend an hour and a half answering questions just to help them in some of the cultural pieces and foundational pieces that are so important. And then they're going to take that interview and they're going to add to that. And maybe you can speak to this. There's, they're coming on site here in a week and a half or so yeah. to do the same thing. A week and a half when we're recording this and they'll meet with our staff. Uh, they'll meet with those elders we talked about. But then, uh, in many ways, and I think this is where I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, is so he's going to meet with staff during the day and elders during the day, but at night we are actually um, creating an opportunity for um, non-staff members and some other people that are in key leadership roles and volunteers and things to be able to come and express what are the hopes, what are the, what are the expectations. Not, so it's not just the people that work here, but it's also people that serve here. They'll get to speak into it, yeah. and he'll get to hear from them. And, and when I say he, there, we have one uh, point person who's kind of yeah. like our representative who'll be on site doing all that. So he's going to hear from a wide range of people about who Rise City is and what we're hoping to see happen in the future. And knowing how personal the process is gives me so much confidence. Yeah. You know, mm. because we, we're all here because we love who Rise City Church is, the people in it, but also the values that have come to shape us that we believe come straight from Jesus and his way. You know, and there are different types of expressions of church and that's not bad, but we're all here because we love this expression. Yeah. You know, and we we want to still be a part of a similar and I think in terms of the even as we're trying to be intentional with the the people who come, you know, that you know, we have our staff and we have our elders, but then the people who are key ministry leaders or people in the congregation, like we're trying to 
have that be in a pretty eclectic group, you know, male, female, different age demographics, people that serve in different ministries. So there's mm-hmm. there's conversations that regard around what does this look like in next gen and, and in the high school ministry. But then what about 55 plus? And if yeah. you're in that demographic, and so we're trying to get a broad range of people there. So it's not just a few people that, um, you know, it's not just the four of us, or it's yeah. just not the yes. five elders are on stage, but like, so the whole church is represented in some way because they, there's representation of the different ministries there and different people from them. Yeah, and we would love to have every single person in the congregation attend. <laughs> you know, but just in Rise City Kids alone, we have 150 volunteers. Yeah. yeah. So that will that that's sad and unfortunate, but yeah. but we'll all try to do our best to represent everybody. Yeah. You know, that, we that we so can. that that is going to be pre-selected, <laughs> yes. right? Is that fair to say that? Yeah. Or there's in, not going to be yeah, an application like, or a you know. <laughs> yeah. Everybody Man. show up here next. Yes. Mr. Benjamin <laughs> what nice says, it's says not the I real can... night. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, what is the timeline for the newly pastor? Is this a two week mm. process, y'all? And we'll be we'll be ready to go by Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> I think it's about a week and a half. About a week and a <laughs> half. <laughs> no. What are we what are we looking at? What have they told you, Pete, that a, yeah. a good expectation would be? Uh I think we can compare to other churches, but not everyone's unique. Mm-hmm. Um uh, two things I would say. One, um, obviously, Eastview was a pretty considerable <laughs> length of time, but yeah. Eastview also had some. The it, process with Eastview though didn't start right. start until like August. Right, they had some other issues to work before yeah. they even started the process. So I would say, even with you guys, I think the four the four to six month timeline yeah. was actually pretty realistic. Yeah. Um, in speaking with our rep, um, he is pretty familiar already with Brandon anyway, and so knows a lot about Rise. And he did make a comment to me, which I appreciated, which was sometimes the length of time can also dic- be dictated by the health or unhealth of a church. Mm. Um, and uh, oh. and not to kind of like, whatever, pat ourselves on the back or whatever, but his comment was, when you have a church as healthy as Rise, it, you're going to get good candidates. So the length of time is really how long it takes, I think, for you guys to really hear from the Lord and pray and assess them. So... Mm. Um, I think I think four to six months to really feel like we're zoning in on someone is very reasonable. It's possible it could take longer, um, and so, but I think at least four to six months. Yeah, I've heard the elders say that they're just very focused on getting the the right person. So if we go through a six month process and we get down to two candidates and we decide, gosh, I just don't know, I don't feel like God's telling us either one. We're not going to pick a candidate just because we're going to hit the six month mark, right? You know, but that would be great sooner than later. Yeah, we're hopeful. Um, who, um, how is the church being led in the interim? Hey, Robert. No. <laughs> uh, it, I'll, I can answer that. Yes. I'm still yes. um, one of the elders and still until I'm uh, kind of removed from that position. But I'll be on as lead pastor until the end of March. So March 31st is when I will uh, no longer hold the title of lead pastor. I will then move to kind of a coach emeritus Role um, where I'll be behind the scenes, just working with the board as well as. We are going to have security escort you out of the building. By the way, I just want with a cardboard box. (laughs) Can't wait! Can't wait! Take a picture and post online. That'll be be awesome. Um, Man, uh, we already stole his stool, and that was so satisfying. Like, just great. Stool did get stolen yesterday. Um, So, and then I'll work behind the scenes, just in a lot of the the help with kind of the search for the new lead pastor. at that point, April 1st, the guy to my right here, this is Pete, is the new interim lead pastor. Yes. And that's, that, awesome. speaks, that speaks also to the policy governance piece for an interim period of time. So mm-hmm. he will be in that position from April 1st until the new lead pastor is, is named for IC Church, which mm-hmm. then he will mm-hmm. no longer be the interim lead pastor. He'll go back to being the executive pastor 
um, but Pete will take over in that role. Um, One point of clarity, just yeah, it might matter. Um, and I, I think it, just to be clear, it's not actually named; it's starting. Because in your case, gotcha. you were named yes. on February fourth. You're not starting until July first. Okay, yeah, yeah. Should something like that start. happen, I'll serve until the person's actually here and in the start role. working. Because yeah. if, yeah. if they have, if they are moving from somewhere else or whatever, there might be a few weeks, a month or so until sure. they can get Correct. here. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it'll be until they actually start work. That's good clarity. Yeah, awesome. And I, I told somebody uh, yesterday that I am the McRib of pastors, oh, lead pastors uh, for a limited time only. <laughs> Well, and, and <laughs> I was like, what does that There's mean? just so many ways to go with that. I'm uh, like, please finish the it's, joke. It's temporary. It's not, I mean, it is, it's temporary. Uh, okay. the, and you're not applying? Here, I'm not applying, no. And why not? Uh, I, that I, was a hot question yesterday. Yeah, yeah I, I heard from Mariah that people were worried because I looked sad or grumpy or something. I'm like, well, it was kind of an emotional day, people. Um, <laughs> Give me a I'm break. Sorry. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I got that question like, four or five times yesterday, um, which I'm like, more often than not, I feel like the people, and I, I, I don't, maybe don't want to sound like I'm implying something, like the people that are probably closest to me were not the people asking that question. <laughs> like it was more people that I, I kind of more fringe friends or not, not fringe friends, but maybe don't know me as well. Uh, maybe they just know me from preaching on the stage or something. Yeah. Uh, it's not like when God, when God creates us, he has plans for us and he wires us and he gives us, he gives us what we need to do things, but he also gives us passions and, and all like all of these things come together to say, what is God leading us to? And there's just nothing in me that feels that God created or called me to be the lead pastor of a church. I've never felt it. I've never wanted it. Um, and I think that I have, I think that I'm somebody that has gifts that I bring to the church. Um, just like Paul talks about, there's lots of different people, there's different gifts. Um, but being in the top chair, I don't think is one of them. Uh, and I don't want it. So the fact that I don't want it and I don't feel called or gifted to it. That makes it, you perfect for an interim. Yeah, it's not, there's no like, this isn't any like, oh, they don't like, it's it, this 100% like starts with me of saying that's, so I, I feel like I know, I, I know myself pretty well to know, I don't always know what I do want to do, but I often know not that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, being a lead pastor of a church it, it, by myself is just not something that, is in me. So, however, you really truly have the giftings to lead us well in this interim. Yeah. Your attention to Thank detail, you. like I have full confidence that the church will run in a healthy way while you're at the helm. So, you take taking that interim role puts a lot of extra on you, but thank you so much for giving us that confidence. It helps us Absolutely. so much. Yep. Thanks. Yep. Well, now that we're getting into the hard questions, we might as well just keep going. <laughs> uh, I have a couple questions I've collected from Sunday that I want to throw at you guys. Um, and I'll just start with the first one. Um, hey, Robert, yes. are you planning to apply? <laughs> That's got to be are the number one. The <laughs> number one thing. Is there going to be a rally? Will there be hats? No hats. Um, Let's go, Brandon. No, don't. Oh, no. My goodness. Listen, when you leave, does that become appropriate for us to say? Like, here you go, Brandon, or there Honestly, goes Brandon. It's just awkward always. So I just <laughs> go ahead and uh, answer your question just to yeah. make sure that <laughs> save you on that one. Thanks. Um, yes, I am going to be applying. Um, I am applying. Um, yeah, and I trust the Lord, and we'll see what God has in store for Rice City Church. Yeah, that's. it's got to be challenging to be 
an internal candidate. Because <laughs> the other candidates, <laughs> we won't be able to to share who they are. Because like imagine that like David Jeremiah from Shadow Mountain wants to apply for this role. Why wouldn't he want to? We exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, I know he's looking for he a new. Wants to move up in the world. David he wants is, to move yeah. up. Uh, you know, we we couldn't share that David Jeremiah is a candidate because he currently has a position that would cause chaos for his home church. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've had that question a lot. You know, are we going to get to know who the candidates are? Probably not. Yeah. Um. You know, so it's hard being the internal candidate. You know, because you'll be the only one that they know or seeing part of the process. And we, and, like we, and, we think, and we think it's important to share that because yeah. Robert's going to get that. And get, that question came out already yesterday because mm -hmm. one, it's a compliment because people see you in that potential capacity. Um, and it's also, I think it's important for us to, to say that in choosing to partner with Slingshot, it wasn't trying to be negative or derogatory, you know, or, or anything towards Robert. It was just asking, okay, Lord, is this, is this what you have? And if if Robert is to be the next lead pastor of Rice City Church, then God's going to bring him to bring bring us to see that through this process. Mm -hmm. um, and it and it makes it it does it puts Robert in a really unique position uh, in that. But I have been grateful big time of of his humility and the way in which he's like, yeah, this is what's going on. And and I think that what we're also trying to prevent is 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 kind of lobbying. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden getting different people because we may have some other applicants that have connections to Rise or we may have it in San Diego area and we're just, we love the culture and the relational connection that Rise City has. And, um, you know, while there's going to be lots of people like, Robert, 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 there may be somebody else that David says, Jeremiah. so and so and so and so, or, oh, I got this candidate. And then we're just yes. like, yeah, David Jeremiah, David Jeremiah. Um, I don't know if we're looking for an 85-year-old pastor. <laughs> um, hey, anyone can apply. But he's a great biblical yes. teacher. Yes. He is. He's amazing. amazing. <laughs> but, I, but I think that I just, it's important because I, and I, and maybe you can share your heart on this too. I, yeah. We are trying our best to honor the process, honor Robert, Absolutely. and also not create divisions, factions, yeah. lobbying, um, but trusting in the process overall. And I know that when we talked to you about that, I, I loved your heart and saying, I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, if God has called me to this and he will confirm that calling through all the different measures that are happening, I don't want necessarily to step into a role because I know people and there's relationship and connection. I want it to happen because God is speaking and God has a plan. Yep. And so, and I care way more about and, and this sounds, this isn't false humility, this is real. I care way more about what God is going to do in and through Rice City Church than I do about any personal dreams that I might have. And so I want what's best for Rice City Church, and I love that. And Let's trust the process. We've walked, yeah, we've walked through, like, this could happen, this might not happen. Absolutely. And and we trust the Lord yeah. on either side of that. Yeah. And on, on the other side, too, if you're sitting around, if you're sitting around and an application comes by and you feel like you might have the skill set for it, I feel like you owe it to the church to put your name. in. Absolutely. you can't just be like, "Well, I guess I won't." Like, if that God gifted you in certain ways, you got to put your name in and trust the process. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what's so unique and wonderful about Slingshot is that if an internal candidate were to be selected we can all say with full confidence that it wasn't just because they were buddies with someone yeah, or right. because mm -hmm. we were too scared of a long transition time. Like it'll be clear that that person was the right person for that season. So even though it's going to take the process a little bit longer, it's the best for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And maybe Pete, just give clarity, like 
if someone out there is interested in learning more of applying or knows someone that's interested in applying, like how do, how do they go about that? Yeah. So, um, the nice thing too about Slingshot, we do have, Rice City Church does technically have an HR department and most of our hires we do, we've always done hires internally, but we've never been one on this level. So if, when we were hiring for like a new worship pastor, um, our own internal HR department did that and Ben kind of applied through us. This is different and in some ways much better and easier. So there's no application at Rice City Church, our website or anything like that. Um, anyone that's interested in the job can just go directly to Slingshot. So on our FAQs page, there's a whole tab that says, who is Slingshot? What are they about? There's a link there. There's also one that says, how can we be praying for you or get involved? There's another link there. Either of those links will send you to Slingshot's website and it literally says, interested in a job? <laughs> Click here. Um, <laughs> and Rice City will pull up. But really, they'll they'll get a lot from you before they even get into Rice City specifically. So yeah. all applications would go through slingshotgroup.org. Great. More questions. Um, the first question I got over and over again is, is Pete leaving? Because we know that, you know, when the grants moved out here to start Rice City, the Goodmans came as well. And so does the grants leaving mean the Goodmans are also leaving? <laughs> uh, we're, we're going there. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've, I've, uh, I, not only have I gotten that, uh, when, when Julie and I were kind of like, um, I had this picture of almost like being out in a boat and just like seeing a hurricane coming and be like, all right, here it comes. Here it comes. And it was really like how many times we're going to get asked that question. Um, and it, it hit, it hit. And then for yeah. good reason. So um, I've already talked with a lot of people about this and Julie has as well, but I mean, it's a good time to do it. Um, completely understand the question. Um, I, 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 it's a reasonable logical question. I get it. Um, part of, I think the question is rooted in like, well, didn't you come out here because of them? Cause you want to be with family anyway. And there's some truth to that. Um, I I've said this before and I, and I, I, I'll stand by it. Like I didn't feel called to San Diego ever. I didn't, I not even remotely. Um, God told me to serve Brandon and help him plant a church. So if he had gone to Alabama or Idaho, I'd be in there right now. So it is true that there is a, a connection that God put on my heart, you know, 23, four years ago to help Brandon plant a church and be a part of it. So in that sense, like, yeah, there's a deep connection. And then we ended up marrying sisters and raising kids together. There's so many Convenient. ties there. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality is like, that doesn't mean that um, the rest of my life is necessarily just tied. Like I, I really feel, I don't know, I get, I don't know. Like we're on a podcast. All these people are listening. Whatever, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I I do feel like I did. We're work. an hour in. They're not listening. That's true. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. Two um, minutes. Keep going though. I feel like God <laughs> told me to do something, and I did it. And so it's been beautiful, and it's been fun. Uh, it's it's had its challenges, its ups and downs, but helping get rise that he started moving out here was something he told me to do god didn't tell me hey spend the rest of your life following brandon all over the world <laughs> that's winnie's job yeah that's winnie's job um, the golden dog. doodle his dog. My dog. Um, so no i don't i, I think what's hard though and, and i've said this as well like I, I also don't like what i see sometimes especially like in i've used the analogy a few times of like college football coaches mm. who are you leaving for this other school absolutely not and then two days later i am now the head coach of and i i never want to do that so yeah. 
I always, there's always this part of me that was like, well, I never want to say never. But then if you say that, they're like, that means he's leaving. Like I am being a hundred percent legitimately honest. Like there's nothing inside of me that's currently thinking about leaving. I'm not, I, mm-hmm. I'm open to the fact that God might have something different for me. Um, the analogy that I've used in my own life, my own heart is when I was uh, 22 years old, I was in uh, a dorm room in Kentucky at a conference <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're going to work for Brandon one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was probably what, 18 years later <laughs> that I actually came on staff here. Um, but from that moment up until this moment, it's almost like I've, there's been this mountain in front of me that's been like, that's where you're going. Go there. God's saying, go, go to that mountain. Go, go, go. And never in any of the last 23 years have I ever stopped and said, is there anything on the other side of the mountain? (laughs) And then this happened and it was like, wait, so God, what's on the other side of this mountain? Um, And I don't know what's on the other side of the mountain. I really don't. Is it, is it, raise my kids and grow old and retire as a pastor at rise city. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but I'm not, I, I say that because I'm open to anything God might have for me, but I'm not in a place in my life where Julie and I are tied to the grants. And if they leave, we have to leave and we're not thinking about leaving. Um, there's not, God hasn't in any way told me to go or anything. So, um, yeah. I'm here and I, I, as long as God wants me to be here, I plan on staying. Which is true for everyone. We're yeah, we're all really here. Is. We're really here to do yeah. what God has us to do. Brandon's Brandon's being a great example of that right yeah. now, you know. But and I've been sharing with people. Nobody on our staff, Pete included, currently have plans of leaving. Um, though it'll be so hard to say goodbye to Brandon. You know, rise. Um, Rise isn't disintegrating or Not disbanding or that was a real sentiment from Sunday. Was the idea of oh no, if we lose Brandon, then we lose Rise City. Hmm. And I just, that can't be further from the truth. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned, we were talking earlier, like I, there's stages when you're the founder of something where there's lots of, there's a lot of effort, blood, sweat, tears, and hustle and grind and doing a lot in a lot of different ways in the early years mm-hmm. and, and setting a foundation. And then you begin to grow and stabilize, and God brings other people. And we've had the fortunes of having great staff come in and, and help and do different things. And and over time, like I I still am the one that tries to make sure to move us in the direction of the cultural ethos and the vision where God has us. But the actual carrying out of everyday stuff, like I don't do any of that stuff. Like I have traveled this last year more than ever and did different some different things and stuff like that with ministry. And I don't think the people of Rise knew I was gone. I mean, I make a video, I was doing a video announcement or something like that, but but it was you guys, and it was our awesome staff. It's the those that are editing. It's it's the it's not even the staff always. It's also the the volunteers. I mean, 150 volunteers in the next gen ministry. That's not me. Hmm. I don't even. I don't. Yeah. You You're know, not like, mentoring our kids individually. No, our men's and... ministry had a hundred men there this past Saturday for the awesome. gathering. I wasn't there, and I didn't speak at it. I just got pictures of it. Like that wasn't me. So like there's there's all of these things like our band recorded a worship album. Thank the Lord I didn't sing on it. I wasn't even there. I, I, I heard I, back I, in the day I mean? like, you did. Back in the day, and then they got everyone got smarter and said not you anymore. Like so, I just I just think that there's so many things of who Rise City is. Yeah. That's the people of Rise City, 
And I have come to more of a confidence that God has used my wife and I to try to, to help bring healthy culture and get a good foundation and watch people flourish in that. And, I, and, and the flourishing has been happening for years here, far outside of my wife and I. And so I think that we do believe that, that this thing is far beyond the two of us. And we have staff that are going to be here and stay here and volunteers and people. So that gives us great confidence and great um, just, just even solace of like, man, this is, this is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We're sad that at times we're not going to be a part of it. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. So, we'll invite you to our uh, 15th birthday party. I would love to come to the 15th <laughs> birthday party. That'd be awesome. And you've said it over and over again. You really do believe the best is yet to come. I, I, I do. My wife hates that statement. <laughs> Why? Like that it invalidates all the good that's happened? No. Well, both that. And she's like, well, that might not be always true. And I'm like, because there might be rough patches. There might be difficult things. But I said, yeah, but it, I, think on the, I think it's important to have that North Star. Of at the end of the day, though, God makes all things work for the good of those who seek him according to his will. And... And the, and the hope and the promise and security of even heaven. I mean, the, that statement is true, the best is yet to come, mm-hmm. but the best might not be because it's the easiest or less rocky along the way, but God will work through this, and the best is still yet to come. Yeah. So. And as, um, as we close here, I want to just reiterate what Levi shared from the stage on Sunday, um, our uh, chairman of the elder board, to lean into the relationships that you have here at RISE. Yes. Um, yeah. I just think there's just so much wisdom and that because the church is a who and that who is you. you. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if Brandon feels like the only relationship you have here at Rice City because you're not in a life group or you're not part of another community, then it's going to feel like a much bigger loss because it feels like he was your your church best friend. You know, so I encourage you take this time to get involved and to start giving your life um and receiving life from other people here in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're already hearing stories of the people that are going to handle this news the best are those that are already established in community, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's actually a compliment. Like we don't need you, <laughs> okay? Um, I mean, she did a good job, but it's true. And I think that like we have uh, rooted getting ready to kick yes. off at the end of this month, February twenty fifth, a great experience to go through both to deepen in your walk with the Lord, but also to connect with community life groups just launched like mm-hmm. this past week. So it's not too late to join a life group. Yeah. But when you have community with you and around you and helping you in this process, um, I think that you're going to be way better off than if you're by yourself. And it's part of one of our values being relationally driven that we are meant to do this, not in isolation, but we are supposed to do this, you know, with one another. And yeah. so, Find other one another's in this time, and I think that it's going to bring a lot of just hope in the process. Yeah, it's good. One thing, too, as we close, uh, this is actually completely unrelated, but I want to share anyway. Uh, this morning in my uh, time with the Lord, I, I was in the psalm, and I read this psalm. It's 131. It's very short, and uh, it says this. My heart, this is David, my heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. (laughs) I have, I have calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a weaned child with its mother, like a weed child. I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. It was just so sure. And I was thinking about it and I had two thoughts when I read it. Uh, I don't concern myself with things too wonderful. The first thought I had was, it would be so easy for me as a pastor to take that verse and use it as a hammer to be like, don't concern yourself with wonderful things. I've got this, you know, 
that's not what he's saying. Um, he's not saying in these kind of moments, don't ask questions, don't seek some clarity, um, don't hold us accountable as your leaders. <laughs> like that's not what he's saying. Definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I just think that's the whole point of this podcast, of the website, of of everything brand saying is we do feel like we owe you guys some explanations and want you to have clarity and want you to understand. We don't want you to be ignorant or just be like wondering what's going on. Because when you're wondering what's going on, oftentimes you think the worst. We want to communicate as much as possible. I think what David was saying was at the end of the day, when it came to what God is doing, that picture of just saying like, you know, God, (laughs) I know that I'm not always going to understand it. I know there are going to be parts of this that are just beyond me. Um, And so I'm going to put my hope in you. And that picture of, of a weaned child being content and just mom's holding it and they're okay. And and I just had this picture of like, I don't ever want to use a verse like that to, to bludgeon a church into just not asking questions and letting us be in charge. That's not what he's saying, but as an entire community of people to know that we're resting in God's arms and he's got this and yes. we can be content even in this chaos and difficulty. We can be content knowing that he's got us wrapped up and he, he's taking care of us and we can put our hope in him. Yes. Um, so we want to always communicate. If you've got questions, um, the last thing on, on the webpage is, do you have questions? Let us know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I would so much rather you ask questions yeah. and get answers from us than kind of make them up yourself. And cause if you've got questions, reach out to us. We're not, we're not, we're an open book. We're going to be yeah. open books on this. Um, and, and, but at the same time, remember, like all of us are in this together. We're all trusting the Lord in this yeah. and seeking contentment by trusting we're in his arms. And if you need help processing through some of these things too, reach out. You know, don't do this alone. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Guys, what a great place to, to end. Yeah. I'll just finish by saying we do believe the best is yet to come. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. And I promise that this Sunday there will not be any surprise announcements. <laughs> <laughs> it will just be a sermon, and then we'll go watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> go Niners! Yes. yes. Next next Monday, the really uh, digging deeper will be go Taylor Swift. We're going okay. to be having right. an intervention for no. Robert's sadness uh, <laughs> when the 49ers, when the 49ers lose. I am a lifelong 49er fan, so just keep that in mind. If Taylor's there, the Chiefs can't lose on Sunday. So, <laughs> so good of what Taylor Swift did for that. How much you know? will Taylor Swift be showing at the Super Bowl this so year? So much. It's gonna be so annoying. So much. Do you think she'll she'll like do the halftime show? Like jump in? I hope no. I hope not. All right, because it's Usher. Show. It's Usher. It's Usher. Usher. It'll be good. Usher. Oh, it'll be good. So. All right, we got to end this. All right. All right. Bye, Rise City. See you guys. <laughs>